Hello and welcome to Authentically Alongside. I'm your host, Sarah Nishimoto. And I'm Emily Kallenberg, coming alongside Sarah. This podcast exists as a way to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We want to come alongside you authentically, sharing our lives and hope in Jesus. Hello and welcome back to Authentically Alongside. Emily and I are joined today by our friend Haley Teodosio. And we are so glad to have you here with us, Haley. I'm, we've been really excited to have this conversation for a while. Um, so would you start us off by telling us a little about yourself, what you do, and your family? Sure. So um, I am, uh, I grew up in this small town that we are all a part of, this small uh-huh. community that we are all a part of. Um, my husband, Anthony, and I have been married for 11 years. We have four boys and we are expecting our fifth in August. Also a boy. (laughs) Also a boy. That's just how we do things. Yep. Um, And then I am also a licensed counselor in the state of Ohio. Um, I work uh, here locally with Cornerstone of Hope. We're a Christian counseling center. Um, And I see kids, teens, adults, couples, um, kind of of a little bit of everything, a little bit of everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We are very familiar with Cornerstone of Hope. Cornerstone has helped pretty much all of us in our family <laughs> uh-huh. and it's just been a great resource for people here in the community. So it's, we love serving the community. Yeah. So we've been taking this summer to talk about slowing down and eliminating hurry from our lives. And we've talked about practices to help us implement changes into our lives and to help us eliminate hurry. So um, now as we've talked about these different things, you may have had a few different responses Um, to this content. And one of them may have been shame. And you may have felt shame about your own life and practices. You may have looked at your own life and felt like you've missed the mark. Um, And it can be easy to feel discouraged when faced with things that you wish you did better. Alternatively, you may have tried to implement some of these practices and they didn't go the way that you felt like they should have. Or Um, As you took time to slow or to Sabbath, you may have felt like you should have been doing more. Uh, You may have felt guilt for taking time off. Um, And I know I have felt all of these things at times, and I'm sure that I am not alone. (laughs) So Haley, can you start off this conversation today by telling us what shame is? Sure. So um, kind of before we talk about shame, we have to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, and Emily, you just used those two words, guilt and shame, um, just in, in kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, and we actually have to differentiate between those two things because although they are both emotions that we experience and they the way we experience those emotions is very similar, um, they are not exactly the same. And a lot of that has to do with the message behind them. And so um, this is largely borrowed from Brene Brown and some of her writings and, and TED Talks that she's done. Uh, but the difference between guilt and shame, um, if we can kind of boil it down to to the basics, is that guilt sends us a message that I did something wrong. It's focused on our behavior, our actions, our choices. Um, and it may or may not be true. Sometimes that feeling is misplaced. Sometimes we don't actually have to feel guilty. Um, we also are human and we sin. I know I do. Uh, and so there are times where that's an appropriate emotion to feel. Yeah. Um, but the message behind shame, so guilt guilt says I did something wrong. Shame says I am wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, shame is more of an attack that we experience on our identity. Uh, and I know you guys have talked a lot about identity before and you've done an, uh, 
I like clap behind the scenes when I'm listening. Yes, because you've done such a great job of covering it. Um, but but shame is that direct attack on our identity, and um, just like you guys have talked about, when we have our identity in Christ, when our identity is rooted in Christ, we we start to be able to differentiate whether or not those shame messages are are lies, which they. I try not to use like always and never very often, but sure. this is one where I feel pretty confident saying they're always lies. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, no, I feel like that's probably uh, pretty accurate there that um, shame tells us something that's not right. true. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. So in my life, I knew I had experienced some areas of shame, but I didn't realize how much I felt it in a lot of areas in my life until I read, um, Rob Ringer has a book called Spiritual Authority. And in that, he talks about Moses and the shame that he carried in his life. And reading that really opened up my eyes to what carrying shame looks like. Um, Reamer says, Moses had significant shame from the rejection and abandonment of his parents and from the rejection and prejudice he suffered as a former slave boy living in a royal household. On top of that, in Exodus 2, 11 through 15, we read, Years later, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his own people and observed their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his people, Looking all around and seeing no one, he struck the Egyptian dead and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you attacking your neighbor? Who made you a commander and judge over us? The man replied, are you planning to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid and thought, what I did is certainly known. When Pharaoh heard about this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. So... Reamer says about this that Moses never really dealt with that act. He just ran from it. He had a secret in his soul, and secrets create shame. Moses physically ran away from the environment where he felt so much shame, but he still carried those secrets with him. He still, um, you know, Reamer talks about how, like, that's in the suitcase of your soul, and where you go, your suitcase goes with you. (laughs) So years later, when the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush, Moses hid And when the Lord called him to lead his people out of slavery, he had a million reasons why he wasn't the right man for the job. So reading that just really helped me see the ways that shame can manifest in our lives. Insecurity, self-doubt, hiding, building walls so people can't know who we really are. Haley, what are some other ways that shame can manifest in our lives? Um, I love that you chose this passage uh, talking about Moses and kind of where he um, was and, and where he ended up. Um, because we can, I think this illustrates, uh, the kind of the process of guilt and shame and how guilt. So we talk, you know, guilt is something that can happen, um, and can, can be an appropriate emotion. Right. Um, we technically didn't have the 10 commandments at this point, <laughs> but he did kill somebody. Right. <laughs> Probably not the greatest idea all around. Yeah. Um, there is an appropriate feeling of guilt here, but we see how that guilt then kind of flipped and spiraled into shame in Moses's life where he took on that identity right. um, and where that, that he hid and, and it became the secret. And um, anything in our lives that we hide or that we, we keep secret from others uh, has the potential to spiral us into that place of shame. And so um, Brene Brown, through some of her research, I know has, uh, and, and others as well, 
um, have correlated shame with things like addiction. Um, addiction is a big one, different kinds of addiction, mm. um, depression, uh, anxiety, eating disorders. Um, from a, So kind of from a mental health perspective, there can be a pretty strong correlation there. Um, as a counselor, when I, you know, when I'm seeing someone and those are some of the things they're coming in for, we usually end up having a conversation about shame at some point because yeah. usually that's at least not always the whole story, but a component there. Um, so those are ways that it can show up in our life. But really the question we need to ask is, is there a part of me that I don't feel like I can share? Now, that doesn't mean we have to like get up on stage and share it with our entire church congregation on Sunday morning. <laughs> that may not always be appropriate. Um, but like, do I have the people in my life, my, my spouse, my close friends, you know, the people that I know are going to be pointing me back to Christ? Do I have people in my life that I can let them into those places? Um, because when, when we are, when we feel isolated, when we feel alone, when we feel like I'm the only one that's dealing with this, or sometimes we even kind of know, like, um, you know, you can, you can Google depression statistics, for example, and, and know that like, okay, well, there are a lot of people in the world that have, have, or do navigate depression. I'm not alone, but, but surely I am the only one that experiences it this way or experiences it in these areas of my life. Um, we can kind of get caught up in those lies. So any of anything that causes that isolation and that um, just that feeling like I need to hide a part of myself. I know that was kind of part of my story. Mm -hmm. And I know when I was really struggling, um, shame was at a, the root of a lot of the mm -hmm. struggles that I was dealing with. And I did kind of feel like I was walking alone and felt like, um, and I know like part of what I had to do was find a safe person that mm -hmm. I felt like. I, I have to get this out and share. And so Sarah kind of became a person that I knew was safe and, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, kind of became, we'll just say it's kind of the beginning of our authentically <laughs> alongside journey here yeah. as we uh, had to step out and be authentic because I think for so many years, I, I felt like I had to put this certain, I had to share a certain part of myself with mm -hmm. the world. And, um, but then behind that, I was just falling apart and felt like yeah. I was failing in every area of my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, but once I was kind of able to tell someone, Hey, I'm falling apart and you know, right. I need somebody there. Like it just, there was a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think that that so closely mirrors what we see in the gospels and in the new Testament about, um, how the church is meant to be the body. And, and again, like that doesn't mean you get up and share every single little detail of your life on mm -hmm. Sunday morning. But, um, but as, when we're the body of believers and when we come alongside each other, uh, that is where a lot of freedom happens. That's yeah. where a lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of freedom is experienced there. Yeah. yeah. I know like for me, it was like kind of opened up this like, like it's okay for people to not mm -hmm. know that I don't have it all together and I'm not okay. Um, but Almost to the point where I could just be like, <laughs> overshare and be like, I'm a mess. That's, that's where our boundaries sometimes come into play where we need them. Um, but, but really, you know, and I don't know if you guys, I know I've experienced this in my own life when I've shared some of those things that I was, I was afraid to share and I didn't, I didn't want to own up to, um, that once we start sharing the number of people that sometimes come forward and they're like, oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I, I thought I was the only one that struggled with that. Or I thought, you know, I thought I was weird because of this. Yeah. And like, no, we're not, you know, it, 
it, the more that we share, the more that we see like, oh, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And that, that community and that body is built up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anne Voskamp has a quote. She says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. I love places. that quote. I love it so much too. Cause uh, I mean, just like Emily has said, and a lot of our heart in this podcast is sharing authentically things that we've gone through and no, we're not going to air our dirty laundry on, on the podcast. There's certain, just a little, right? <laughs> you have to about laundry a lot. <laughs> it's true. I also like, have a lot of laundry. Literal laundry. Yes. I, I was hiding piles of laundry before you guys came over. I have That's a lot great. of laundry waiting for me at home. I'm just going to own that right now. <laughs> it's actually clean laundry though. It's just, just not put, put away. away. That's always the hardest part. (laughs) So I think, you know, finding those safe places is so important. And um, sometimes, and it is scary. It's it's scary. It takes a lot of courage to do, but it's so important. So sharing our stories in safe places is one way we can overcome shame. What are some other ways, Haley? So um, we're just going to keep coming back to identity. I can't Mm -hmm. help it. Um, (laughs) But when we come back to uh, that idea of, of knowing our identity and knowing that our identity is in, is in Christ. Um, it's really easy to say that, but it's, I don't know about you guys. It's really hard to do that. And, yeah. or it's like, that sounds great. What does that mean? Yeah. How, how do I get there? Um, and obviously scripture is probably the best place to start. Um, but we, when, when we talk about identity, I think it's helpful to actually do some, like, um, you guys have talked before about on the podcast about like some different, like practical activities, things that maybe like your camp, your counselor gave you or that you came across in a book. Um, and so like one, I'm going to, so one of the other things about Cornerstone of Hope um, is we like to give practical stuff. And so there's like, there's a part of me that's like, I can't, like, I got to give you an exercise. I have to give you something practical. <laughs> so for all your listeners, I'm about to, I'm about to give them a practical counselor exercise, whether they sign Perfect. up for that or not. Um, but, and you could like, for anyone listening, you could even like pause the podcast for just a second and do this right now. Um, but to just grab like a notebook, write down, like when I think of my identity, what do I think of what comes to mind? Um, is it, is it that I'm, um, that I'm a mother that, you know, for me that I'm a counselor, that I'm a wife. Is it, um, you know, is it my hobbies? Is it the things that I spend my time doing? Is it the things that I'm really proud of in my life? And not that those things are bad. Um, but those are, those are the things that we tend to list. And those are titles. Those are roles that we play. They're real things. They are real things that are important in our life. Um, some of us, because we know, like, at least in our heads and maybe in our hearts, we know it's the right answer. We're going to put down like child of God or something like that. (laughs) Like it's going to be somewhere in there. Um, but it really, it's the thing that has to be at the top because when we don't know that identity, all of those other things are going to start to vie for that top spot of mm-hmm. that. And then they may interchange as we go through different seasons or different, I mean, even just day to day for that matter, you know, mm-hmm. depending on what role I'm filling more that day. Um, am I at work and, and more in counselor mode or am I at home and more in mom wife mode? Um, but, but if we don't have that child of God identity in the first, in the kind of that top first mm-hmm. spot, um, any of those other identities can be stripped away, yeah. um, you know, and we don't want to think about that. We don't like that's that's kind of heavy heart stuff. But like I could lose my job. My kids will grow up eventually. And and yes, I'll still be their mom, but but it will look very different. Mm-hmm. And so when we let one of those other things fall into that top identity spot, um, there's that potential that we lose that. And then we do feel really lost. And mm-hmm. then we do kind of tend to spiral um, oftentimes into shame because we have that loss of identity. Yeah. And so it's, but knowing that we are, um, Galatians three, um, I'm going to pull back up here. 
Um, I think it's 323. Bear with me a second. Um, you guys had mentioned this verse actually previously on a podcast, and it's it's not one that I had actually looked at before in terms of identity, and I was like, oh, that's really good. I'm stealing that. Absolutely. Um, so Galatians, it's Galatians 323, uh, and this is from NIV. Uh, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody um, under the law, locked up until faith. So wait, I might not be in the right place. Sorry, I lied. It's 326. <laughs> um, you can read the beginning part, though. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, <laughs> good. Read more of God's <laughs> read word. Read more of God's word. I will not stop you. Um, so 326. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And, and I'm going to read more here in a second, but I'm going to stop there. That's, all, that's the entirety of verse 26. You are all children of God through faith. There's, there's nothing else there. Like it's, yeah. it is faith that's, and, and there's your identity and you don't have to do anything else for that. Um, and it goes on to say for all of you who are baptized in Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And so, uh, I want to kind of circle back to that, that piece of being authentic and sharing. Um, if we are clothed with Christ, if that's our identity and that's our primary identity and we are clothed with Christ, when we share those stories, that's what people see. Even if we're still in the middle of it, even if we're still struggling, they that that's what happens is they see Jesus. They see the they see what he's doing and how he's working in our lives. And it's part of what enables other people to come forward and come yeah. into that freedom. So Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, I loved when you were talking about our what we find our identity in. And I know for me, part of um I found a lot of my identity in being a mom and being mm-hmm. But I, not just being a mom, but I was looking at my kids and my kids' behavior yeah. were part of what was identified, like where I was finding my identity. Yeah. So when, That's so when we, that. when we, my kids were struggling mm-hmm. and I then kind of began to spiral and let my kids' behavior, because they were struggling, become my identity. Yeah. So then I felt like. I am the worst mom in the world because my kids are doing X, Y, Z or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, and I didn't even realize how that was impacting me because, but when I would look at what I would, I, how I would identify myself, the very first thing absolutely would have been as a mom of four kids. Yeah. And then I would just, so then I would look at the aspects of my life as mom and be like, I am missing the mark like and just Mm -hmm. and um but then I I think I internalized that too and then just started seeing how I was missing the mark in so many areas and just like literally was letting that shame like cave in on me and just felt that like um and sometimes it just feels like i had nowhere to go but just like live in that and um until I was able to kind of find my way out, which was absolutely in Jesus and Mm -hmm. recognizing um, and remembering um, that God's love is there first and foremost. And one of the ways that I think we recognize um, or we can learn to recognize where shame uh, has or is trying to creep into our lives, and it's not the only one, but I think it is a big one, is when we are, um, one of the things you said, Emily, was like, I'm the worst mom in the world. When we put a label like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I'm a mom, but then there's also this like kind of negative twist to the label as well. Yeah. Like I'm the worst mom. Um, 
And one of the other, so knowing our identity, we, we really, I don't know that we can do a whole lot of work against shame without knowing our identity yeah. first. Um, but once we have that, we have a foundation to work off of. And so some of what, some of like kind of the other practical things we can do are looking at um, things like looking at, okay, am I, am I putting a label on myself? Well, is that label really true and accurate? Like if all of the moms that have ever existed in the entire world that ever will exist, am I really the worst one? Like, is that really accurate? And it, and it gets kind of like, it does get kind of funny when we think about it that way. It right. feels that way though. And that part's not funny. Like, yeah. It does no, feel that way. I really remember like justifying it hardcore, right? Yep. I'd be like, it's so I'd easy. be like, like, yes, but if you ask anybody, if the, if you saw somebody's kids acting like this in public mm-hmm. and the first thing they would say is, they must have bad moms, you know, like, <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah. that's what I would say. I'd be like, yeah, but if I saw somebody else's kid doing that, I would 100% mm-hmm. be like, yeah. where is that child's mother? <laughs> <laughs> and any time that our identity is, is contingent on another person, even our own kids, like, even when it's like, well, if, if this person's actions or, or our kids, our husbands are, you know, mm-hmm. um, if this person's actions define me, then I've already gone off base of what my identity is. Um, yeah. Now, back to that guilt piece, like we love our kids and we do want to do well as moms, like yeah. that's still a real thing. And so we don't want to like ignore that and like, sure. you know, and so that's where um, guilt is a real thing. Like I, I I, don't think I can, I can make a solid argument for like getting rid of that word altogether in our vocabulary. Yeah. But I like the word con- conviction better because there are times when guilt is not misplaced. Sometimes that is conviction of saying, um, and I'm not saying this is the case for you, Emily, but yeah. where like sometimes that feeling of guilt, we actually do have to look at that and say, okay, is there something that the Lord is calling me to here? Mm-hmm. Um, either calling me to change or calling me mm-hmm. to to reach out and, and, and share with somebody. Is there something here that I may need to do? Mm-hmm. But even that, I mean, that's not always easy, but I don't think that always feels as heavy as well, there's just something inherently wrong with me. I don't feel like I can yeah. change that. Mm-hmm. Like if that's if, if that's who I am, I don't know that I can do anything about that. But I can change what I'm doing. Yeah. It may be hard, but I can do that. I can change what I'm I can change the choices and the you know, the ways that I'm parenting or the way that I, I am at work or whatever it may be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think it does take a journey too of coming through that and Oh, for sure. And yeah. Like, you know, for me, like there was a combination of Yes, making some changes in our life, mm-hmm. um, but also to support our kids and myself. Yeah. Like, um, but but I think the most important piece that really helped us all as a family was when I was able to mm-hmm. recognize um, that I I had to I had to be in the right space. Yeah. And and that meant recognizing first and foremost that um that god is for me and god is with me mm-hmm. and and um and that just kind of helped pieces fall into yeah. place and yeah we've both been on <laughs> on a journey <laughs> me too <laughs> to just you know um cuz one of our the identities both of us like each held was in our positions on church staff sure and that was stripped away from us I mean we stepped away but those titles were stripped away and so for me I know like that that was really what kind of made me dig in to my identity in Christ because I'm like I 
this is not my like I had to let go of my identity and that title and that position yeah um to be able to move on and press on into what who mm-hmm. I really am and what God has really yeah. um, you know designed me for yeah so. I think because I mean, who knew that this would turn into a full conversation about identity? But <laughs> because when when it felt like those things were falling apart, yeah. it felt like our world was falling yeah. apart. Like, yeah. like I like I'm like I'm not a good parent anymore. So who am I? Or mm-hmm. I'm not um, I'm not a ministry leader. So who am I? Like right. That becomes. Yeah. And I think that's, those are some of the places, like ministry work is good. <laughs> like, let me just say that yes. up front. Um, we need people in ministry, but, but it is a tricky place because it, and, and I would say like motherhood, our jobs can be a similar thing because it's one, well, uh, but this is a good thing. And this yeah. may even genuinely be something the Lord has called me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it can get kind of tricky as different. Like, okay, yeah, this is, this is something the Lord has called me to, or this is something that is, is good kingdom work even. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just can't let it cross that line yeah. mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. it becoming that, again, like kind of that top spot identity. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've talked about how shame is a part of both of our stories. And uh, we had to learn to kind of overcome that. Um, I think for both of us, I'm sure for many of our listeners, too, shame kind of tells us a story like yeah. that. Absolutely. We're not enough or. Um, whether that's, you know, for me, it was as a mom, as a leader, you know, I, I think I even questioned as a person, like all the things. Um, and so, you know, I felt like I had many different roles and I was failing at all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how can we support someone if we see someone that we love, that we can, that we either know or we can see is struggling mm-hmm. with shame in their life? So that is, it's a really good question. It's kind of a hard question to answer yeah. because the specifics are going to make a little bit of a difference yeah. there. Um, and again, like kind of laying some foundation work before we even talk about how we can support and help those people. Um, we do have to kind of talk just briefly about like healthy boundaries, knowing what's, what is mine to carry in, what yeah. isn't. Um, because if, if this, you know, it could, it could be a friend that we genuinely love and care about. It could be our spouse, it, you know, um, but is it is is their struggle mine to carry? And that's not the same as supporting them. But but right. we just we have to draw a line there and mm-hmm. kind of know the difference. Um, but let's say it, you know it is someone that you're like okay I feel like yeah I I can I can support this person and know that it's not mine to carry. I don't have to be weighed down by what I'm seeing in them. But I love them and I want to care about them and I don't want to see them stuck in this. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of different ways we can go about that. And if it's, if it's something that we have experienced a similar struggle with, or even if we just want to boil it down to kind of the basics of like, I have also struggled with shame, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a great place to start because you're drawing common ground there. Um, hey, I, you know, to say, to say, hey, I see that this is hard for you right now. Mm-hmm. I know when I went through X, Y, Z, one of the things that I realized um, and that I'm still realizing and still on this journey is, is that shame was, was dragging me down, was telling me lies. Um, do you think that could be a possibility here? Do you, do you feel like that's a piece of what's going on? Um, and, and I was like asking questions that way cause it gives the other person a chance to think about it. Yeah. Um, now if they are already aware and recognizing that then, and willing to share that with you, then, you know, coming right alongside them and saying, yeah, you know, I'm on this journey too. Um, I think we're all to some extent going to be mm-hmm. on this journey, this side of heaven. Yeah. And so we can kind of always say that. Um, but, 
but just say like, yeah, let's, let's walk this together. Let's encourage each other. Let's point each other back to Christ along the way and back to that identity. Yeah. I think that's really good. And, um, as you were, as you were talking about that though, like that, the boundaries that are there. So it's not like every person that you see that you're like, I, I know sometimes when you've struggled with something and you like, you can see somebody else yes. struggling with the same yeah. things and you you're just like, want to be I like, I don't want you to say stuff like, there. Yeah. You don't have to live like <laughs> yes. this. Like, yes. But it's not <laughs> like, I've literally felt that like yeah. inner voice screaming in my head. Like <laughs> That's when you start a podcast about being authentic. <laughs> you reach people that way. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the truth. Like, um, but like, I appreciate that. Like, that's not my role for every person that right. I meet yeah. that I see. Like, that there's there are people in my life that are in that space maybe that I could help through. But there's other people that, you know, I can see and maybe know, like, that's not my space. Right. That's not my place. Right. Um, and maybe you can point, you know, maybe you can point them to someone who maybe has more of that role in their life yeah. or... Um, not to give like the cheesy church church answer, but we can always pray for them. Right, <laughs> like, yes, you know, right, we can always yeah. pray for just like that, that wisdom and that God would yeah. reveal those things instead in the right of timing and coming up to kind of a kind of close acquaintance, kind of <laughs> like, and be like, are you struggling with shame? <laughs> Let's talk about Let's it. Make, Let's make an yeah. awkward moment even more awkward. <laughs> I'm good at that though. So. <laughs> my, my joke with, Usually it's with my husband is that like, I could always give them one of my business cards, but that's also pretty awkward <laughs> and very assuming. And I would not actually do that just for the record. But be like, like why we have business cards? Have you heard of Cornerstone? Like, <laughs> just give him a call. <laughs> just going to leave that there. <laughs> that would be the worst. I would, I promise I would not do that. Right, right. Like, cause I think there does have to be a bit of a journey to get to a spot where you yeah. can recognize that you that you do need help. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, like, it took getting my kids help to really recognize that part of the issue was that I needed help, too. Sure, like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even recognize that I, I was struggling as much as I was. Mm. Like, I thought I kind of had this together, but I really didn't. <laughs> um, so. And you are not alone. <laughs> yes. When yeah. I think part of that, too, I mean, is going first. Like, yeah. you know, we've talked about before, like, uh, Emily is a big reason why I took the step to go to counseling myself because I saw her be brave and do it and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the changes that it had made in her life. And so even, you know, if we have a friend that we think is struggling to just taking that step to, to go first mm-hmm. and um, to show them what it's like to become happier yeah sometimes you don't even have to say anything about their struggle but just in sharing your own you know the the relationship kind of does the work from there yeah 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 totally well do you have any other (laughs) things to share with us I'm sure I could find things (laughs) no I I I think that you like I said knowing those foundations of um being able to differentiate between what what's guilt and what's shame and what's maybe like that healthy guilt that conviction that I might need to look at and do something with but then the looking at the rest of it like where are the lies here and what's the truth here and what's the Mm -hmm. truth of my identity in Christ that identity piece is just is so huge um and you guys like I said you guys have done a great job covering that in the past 
And yes. I know that we will continue to cover that <laughs> regularly. because so we keep coming back I don't to think you can overcover yeah, it. So. That's right. As we keep, you know, diving into topics, I think we continue to come back to how important it is to stay rooted mm-hmm. in who God says we are. Yeah. And uh, without that, like, we lean on our own understandings and mm-hmm. things, and, and it just falls apart. Yeah. Like, when when we put other things first, yeah. it's up. You know, kind of like even what we talked about last week in our simplicity episode, like it really comes down to um, putting the first things first mm-hmm. and yeah. putting God first in our lives and um, knowing where we stand with mm-hmm. him. So mm-hmm. and everything else kind of falls in after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Haley, for taking the time to have this conversation with us. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of Authentically Alongside. We hope this was an encouragement to you as we walk together towards Jesus.